Well, that's been our series, The Shape of Your Call. We're at the end of it, and we're talking about experiences, spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experience. The way that we're shaped to engage God's call in our lives, that every one of us has one, that each one of us has a call. This morning, we're going to be asking the question about the kinds of experiences that are worth sharing. What are the kinds of experiences that you've had that are worth sharing? Well, of course, those are the kinds of experiences where you've learned something, especially learned what really matters, those hard experiences, uh, where you've turned from measured success to significance. And you say, Tim, that sounds a little bit like a midlife crisis. Well, maybe, okay. But you know, Generation Z is asking this question early, early, early. These, this is the generation that's in college right now, and they want to know what makes for the best work-life balance. And so if you were to share with, with, with a college student today, what of your own experience, what has turned you from just merely measured success to the things that matter most, to significance? I think for most of us, we recognize, as one of our justices said, that one thorn of experience is worth a wilderness of warning. This morning, let's take a look at a passage from 2 Corinthians. We started out in 1 Corinthians 12. We're ending in 2 Corinthians 12 where Paul is dealing with a thorn in his flesh. For most of us, at a certain point, learning the big lessons in life requires pain. From the Word of God, 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 10. Hear God's Word this morning. So to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. May God bless us through his holy word. Let's pray. Father, you're so generous with grace and truth through your word. Give us ears to hear it and eyes to see it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, a popular speaker and author, evangelist, he was a professor in, in the Northeast, was touring when I was in college and speaking on matters of significance. I remember him telling us that you know he was of... Italian descent, but he grew up in, an, in a congregation that was predominantly African-American. And he was, he was really uh, happy about that and, and bragging on his, uh, his pastor. He loved his preaching style, loved his teaching, loved the content. But he was talking about one time when, when the pastor was speaking to a group of young people who had just graduated and all of their honors that they were receiving. 
many of them going to great schools. and you know, A little bit like what we did just a couple of weeks ago with our 17 graduates. But he was, he was trying to remind them that measured success alone is not, is not the goal. And, and the way, in, instead of talking about uh, turning from success to significance, he used the terms title and testimony. He said, on your gravestone, you know, when, when you were born, you were the only one who cried and everybody else smiled. When you die, everybody else is going to cry. Will you be smiling? On your gravestone, are you going to have titles or testimonies? Now, the way he described this was to, to adopt the affectation of that pastor where he would say titles and it had sort of a interrogative. It had a question mark and an exclamation point. And then he'd say testimonies and his voice would go way up and it would have two question marks and two exclamation points. And, and what he was doing was he was, saying, he, so he was saying how this pastor was walking them through the Bible, pairing up two different people. For example, Pharaoh and Moses. And he would say, Pharaoh had a title, ruler of Egypt. Now, that's a good title. But Moses had a testimony. Now, I'm not going to do it for you, but I'm tempted, very tempted to try. Moses had Jezebel, queen, queen Jezebel. Now, that's a good title. She had a title, but Elijah had a testimony. I wanted to spend some time just thinking about that for a minute, the contrast between titles and testimony between measured success and intangible significance. So it's firmly fixed in your mind because we're going to be looking at what turns us from the frenzied pursuit of measured success to significance. What does? For most of us, as I said, it's pain. It's pain. Pain has to get our attention. One thorn of experience is worth a wilderness of warning. This morning, let's take a look at how pain interrupts our plans. Let's look at the way that pain interrupts our pride, our pleasure, and our pipe dreams in order to turn us from success to significance. First, pain interrupts our pride, our pride. And it shows us our limitations. Pain can interrupt pride to show us our Limitation, so it's not all about us. So that we recognize we need other people around us. So that our lives are, are part of pouring out in the lives of other people. So that, 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 that you have a testimony that, that includes the other people in your life intentionally around you. Paul is receiving revelation from God. He's writing letter after letter, inspiring people. He's been inspiring people for thousands of years. And he says to keep him from being conceited. <laughs> well, why would he be conceited? Well, sometimes, you know, pride wants, it's only satisfied when you have something that other people don't have, right? Or have more than somebody else. So he has something. He's receiving something. And so to keep him from sort of identifying too much with that as, as a, a lone ranger, he's saying that, that there's this pain in his life that shows him his limitations, and the purpose is to push him out and out again, to include other people. I, uh, I learned this the hard way recently. I had to go under my house to fix a pipe 
Now, why would I do this? Well, I've done it before, okay, people. So I've, it, it was, it, it, but, but the kind of pipe that I was working on was not a high-pressure pipe. I've done this in the garden before. And so I thought, how difficult could this be? So I went under the house and I, I crawled. And uh, I, I'd worked on pipes before, but they weren't high-pressure pipes and they weren't on my belly in the dirt and the wet. I went under the house for something else and this pipe had probably been leaking since the late December when we had that freeze. And it was just spraying out, and there was water everywhere. So I got all the, the things, and I, I was, you know, I was telling my dad this story because I had the, the hacksaw, and the pipe was right up against the wall, and I think I had like three teeth of the hacksaw that I had that much play. It was like, like three teeth to be able to cut through this thing. It was so ridiculous that I took a video of myself doing it, and uh, so, <laughs> so, so I, I was telling my dad how how crazy this whole thing was, and he said well, did you fix the pipe? And I said, well, of course I did, several times. <laughs> and then I called a plumber. <laughs> it's humbling. It's humbling to face your limitations, but it begins to turn you to include other people. You look in the bulletin, and you see all of the names that it takes just to get through a Sunday. You see people ushering. You see people doing jail ministry. I mean, we've got 11 different ministry teams here, just officially. That's not talking about all the different programs that they run. We have 11 different volunteer teams that oversee all of our programming. And that's, that's on purpose. That's by intent. This is an organization that's, that's not built on just a few people. Uh, the few people are, are there to serve the development and the equipping of the work of the saints for the work of the ministry. And Paul is learning that pride can get in the way. That the pride of having more than somebody else, the pride of having some kind of, of revelation can sometimes get in the way of the ultimate purpose to have a testimony, to push all of, to steward what you have into the lives of other people. Not to own it. So he doesn't own this revelation. He is stewarding it into the lives of other people and serving them. But sometimes it takes a little bit of pain, pain that humbles us, pain that shows us our limitations to be able to include and to be able to equip. So we need to listen when pain interrupts in such a way that it humbles us. Well, we need to listen when pain interrupts not only pride, but when pain interrupts pleasure. Pain interrupts pleasure uh, so that we don't succeed at the wrong thing. Because pleasure is something that we want many, more, much. I mean, we, we only can manage pleasure by getting more of it. But we don't know what to do with pleasure but to try to get more of it, right? More stuff more uh, accolades, more opportunities, more experiences. Pain interrupts pleasure so that we don't spend our lives succeeding at the wrong thing. The frenzied, endless, mindless pursuit of many, more, and much. You can see in verse 8, Paul says, three times I pleaded. Well, I think about that. Three, <laughs> you've got something you don't want in your life. Do you stop it three times? 
I don't think he's showing off, but that's pretty amazing. Three times, I mean, I, I prayed three times for this, right? I'm sure you have things that you've prayed for the Lord to remove more than three times. I appreciate that, though. I mean, I, I, think, I think what we're seeing here is that he's serious about this. This is, this is something that is difficult for him to manage. He calls it a thorn. There is pain involved with this. There's a, there's a fellow named Guter who studied this, and, and people don't know exactly what the thorn is. Some speculate that it might have something to do with his eyesight. It might be rheumatoid, rheumatoid arthritis. This guy named Guter studied it for his dissertation, and he came up with 36 different possibilities. <laughs> I think the point is that we don't know this so that we can identify with it. What is it for you? Pain gets our attention, whatever kind of pain it happens to be. It's amazing how when you have acute pain, everything else, you know, you, you get focused fast. When you have acute pain, focus. I think that's part of what's happening here. Pain is like that light on the dashboard that comes on. It says, pay attention. Pay attention to this. We, we do that when there's real physical pain. But how about when there's a pain in a relationship, pain in a marriage? A lot of times we just want to smooth over it, not pay attention to it. We just want everything to go away, or we just want to present a, a, a wrinkle-free exterior. And, and so we just, sort of, we just sort of buff everything up. How ridiculous would it be to, to say to somebody, um, oh, there's a knock in your engine. Um, and he says, yeah, I need, to, uh, I need to take it to the mechanic. I've been meaning to take it in and get that knock in my engine taken care of. And how ridiculous would it be to say to that person, well, that's weak. Why would you do that? I mean... Nothing wrong with a knock in the engine. Just, you know, I'm just muscle up, man. I mean, buck up, will you? I mean, man up. Knock in your engine. And yet we, we have that stigma for, for counseling, don't we? If, if you have an issue with you and you're not getting help, how ridiculous is that? How ridiculous is it to, to stigmatize Someone else's counsel who can coach you through this and deal with it, actually face it, name it, move past it. Now, that's the real kind of strength, I think, that pain is pushing us toward. To focus on the issue, to close down a little bit and say, all right, let's pay attention to this light. It's come on on the dashboard. Let's pay attention to it. In fact, uh, Paul Brand, who studied pain for many, many years, he says this, if I held in my hands the power to eliminate physical pain from the world, I would not exercise it. Why did he say that? The reason is that he studied leprosy. Paul Brand studied leprosy. For many, many centuries, people believed that leprosy and people's loss of limb. This, this is going to be a very short, and for those of you who are squeamish, this is not going to last very long, okay? But, but people lost their limbs because of something that was uh, going on with leprosy itself. But the issue was that the leprosy kept them from feeling pain. So they bumped into things without knowing it, and they, they literally beat their bodies to death. 
Pain is a signal that we need to pay attention to. And Paul, Paul is recognizing, hey, I've prayed to the Lord for this to go away. It seems like I need to pay attention to it. God is doing something with it. What is it? Later in, in another um, letter in, the Romans, in Romans, he says this. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. He recognizes, Paul recognizes, okay, I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed. Now it's time to listen. What is God saying to me in this pain? What's he saying? What does this light on the dashboard represent? What do I need to do? Sometimes pain needs to interrupt pleasure and the pursuit of many, much, and more so that we don't continue to succeed at the wrong thing. And finally, pain interrupts pipe dreams. We need to listen when it does. What's well, a pipe dream? Well, that comes from the early 18th century when opium was you know, a thing. Well, like maybe it's still a thing in different forms, but a pipe, an opium pipe, of course, made you see illusions. We harbor illusions, and sometimes those illusions need to be interrupted, and it's a grace to have them interrupted. So we need to pay attention. We need to listen when pain interrupts pipe dreams. And, and largely, the pipe dreams that most of us have is to be the hero, play the hero in our own story, play the hero in every room. I remember when I was a, a child, I had the, a red hat, and I had a holster, and I had a gun, and you know, I mean, it was fake. It was a cap gun. But, you know, I mean, I, I was three, four years old. I even had a theme song in my head for all the episodes of the heroism that I was doing. You know, I won't tell you what the theme song was, but I remember what it was, and it was it's very embarrassing. You know, but you know, we want to play the hero. We want to be the hero of our own story. Instead of having a testimony, instead of having a life of significance that points past us, beyond us, I, I've loved reading people's gratitude for Tim Keller. It, it's amazing when uh, there's somebody who finishes the race well, who has served so well. And I think, I think I've pinpointed why people are so grateful for his ministry. It is because it really wasn't about him. He really did point past himself. He was an equipper of the saints. And people get it. People understand it. When, when what you're doing is for you because you need measured success to feel good about you or whether you've gotten over yourself, come to the end of yourself, and your life is really pointing beyond yourself to someone else. Verse 9, he says, um, this is the resolution. That, that, that what was revealed to him through this whole episode is God is saying, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. It's completed in weakness. It's brought to fruition. My power is brought to fruition in your life in weakness. 
If we are created in the image and nature of God and we're broken, then how is it that God is going to reflect more of himself? How is he going to mend this? He's mending it through weakness. He's mending it through in such a way that there are things in us that need to die so that he may bring his life. We may reflect more of his life. Who's your life pointing to? And what might pain be saying to you about how you're measuring success, how you're measuring your worth, how you're measuring your, your life goals and overall purpose? I love this story. One of our representatives from, I think, the 19th century, his name was um, uh, Charles Francis Adams, and he kept a diary of his life, daily diary. And one entry on one particular day, he had taken his son fishing. And it says, a, a simple entry in this journal here, it says, spent the day with my son fishing, caught nothing, entire day wasted. Well, it just so happens that uh, the son got a hold of this journal. He also kept a journal. He looked back at the entry on that date uh, his diary entry, and this is what it said. Spent the entire day with dad fishing. Best day of my life. Isn't it amazing to put those, that same experience side by side? Titles or testimony? Success or significance? And to recognize that sometimes we're just measuring the wrong thing. To recognize that, that in the pain, we may be receiving a message of interruption that says, pay attention to something more, something longer, something greater, deeper, higher, something that endures. George MacDonald uh, novelist, great imaginative mind from Britain. He said, in whatever we do without God, in whatever we do without God, we must fail miserably or succeed more miserably. In whatever we do without God, we must fail miserably or succeed more miserably. Are you succeeding at the wrong thing? And is there a pain in your life that's pointing you to something beyond measured success, to greater significance? And pay attention when pain interrupts the pride. Pay attention when pain is interrupting the pursuits, the end, endless pursuit of many, more, and much. Pay attention when you have this image of who you are, this image of yourself, this image of your life, this, this goal before you, this picture of what you thought things would be like, pay attention and see how he may be directing you from success to significance. Let's pray together. Father, how we thank you for the ways that even in pain, even in truth, there is so much grace. Sometimes truth is a grace. Truth is grace. 
Do we have ears to hear it? Do we have eyes to see it? Lord, we don't always. We don't want to. We want what we want when we want it. We have such a white-knuckled grip on our own agendas. This morning, Lord, in the closing quiet of this place and in the upward praise, would you get a hold of us again? Would you help us to pay attention where you're trying to get our attention? And would you turn us? The kind of repentance that not only turns from, but with great assurance turns towards something enduring, something of greater significance than we've been measuring all along. In Jesus' name, amen.